Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Market View on Money FM 89.3. That's right, you're listening to Money FM 89.3 and it's now time for Market View where we take a look at how the Singapore stock market is likely to close for the day, the biggest movers, sectors and companies to watch. But as always, a quick recap of how we started. Well, Singapore shares opened on the positive note today after global equities ended the week mixed. In early trade, the Straits Times Index was up 0.3% to 3,226 points after some 50 million securities changed hands in the broader market. Now, while numbers on the SGX are still firming up, here's what we are looking at for now. The benchmark Straits Times Index down 0.19% and we are looking at 3,211 points. In terms of value turnover, that's 782 million Sing dollars. Now, gainers stroke losers 184 versus 200. Top 5 movers by value we have here DBS, UOB, Singtel, OCBC and C Trim and heavily traded securities for the day, Medtex International, C-Trim and Geo Energy Resources. Now, in terms of companies to watch, we do have C-Trim because uh, its unit has refinanced an existing facility due December this year. Now, meanwhile, from more on Semcore Industries and Singtel to Google making laptops in India. Now, more corporate headlines remain in focus and let's break them down with David Kuo, co-founder, The Smart Investor. Mr. Kuo, welcome. Good evening, Ken Ken. Commiserations to Elliot, by the way, uh, for losing to Crystal Palace at the weekend. Sad. Very sad. Now you know how I feel, Elliot. Thank you. I, I feel we are, we are connected that way. I knew, I knew it, I knew it. You we guys are, are going to bring up something on silverware. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, but let's talk about the stock market, though, Mr. Kuo. How has the STI fed so far in the first three quarters of the year? How is it faring in the first session of Q4? After an eventful week on Wall Street, you have what lawmakers preventing a government shutdown in the US. You have the USPC price index falling below the 4% mark. How's the situation like right now? Okay, so uh, let's take uh, each one in turn. First of all, uh, for the first uh, nine months of this year, uh, the Straits Times Index is down about just over 1%. And that ignores, by the way, any dividends that you may have received during that first nine months. Mm. So, all in all, I would say it is kind of okay. And as far as stock market investors are concerned, I always say focus on the long term, not the short term. So, the first nine months is not great, uh, down 1.2, 1. 1. 1.3%. Uh, but I think, you know, we're going to have a pretty good uh, end to 2023. So, in that sense, I would say it's okay. As far as today is concerned, uh, America is indicating a little higher again, uh, mm. so when that opens later on. So I would expect uh, the Straits Times Index to probably close around uh, today's levels, down about sort of maybe five or six points. Uh, but I think tomorrow is the day when we can actually look forward to a little bit more activity. Uh, and what was the other question that you had about the PCE data? Was it um, or was it the shutdown? I think it was the shutdown. Yeah, mm, you were yeah. talking about. Yeah. How many times have we heard that before? Yeah, how many times? Every time they say, oh, you know, the American government's going to shut down and every time it doesn't shut down. Did we talk about that at the start of the year? I believe we did, right? I know, I know. And what happened then? The same thing has happened just now. Uh, 
they, they always avert disaster. So mm. I think that these things are there to distract people and uh, anyone with a nervous disposition will think, oh my goodness, you know, they're going to shut down yeah. the American government. What's going to happen to shares? Uh, but as far as I'm concerned, I just ignore all of that. And I just say, well, things are going to work themselves out. And they always do, can get. Mm. And in the meantime, let's take a look at what's happening here in Singapore, in particular at Sea Trail and Mystical. It's wholly owned subsidiary. Elstalia Road, Jurong Aracruz, has refinanced an existing loan due December this year with a new 500 million US dollar facility from Stanchart Singapore. And that facility, by the way, includes a sustainability linked conversion option. What does this mean for the investor and the man on the street, and how significant is this for Citrium? Well, first of all, being able to renew the loan, I think, is uh, great uh, because companies can only finance themselves from one of two ways. Uh, the first way is through um, debt, and the other way is through shares. So in this particular case, uh, Citrium is uh, financing itself through uh, a revolving loan, and this $500 million is going to be renewed. So that is great mm. news. The second good piece of news is that it's moving in the direction of sustainability, and that is really what we want Citrium to actually be doing. So moving in the direction where, uh, uh, as far as their concerns about uh, the planet are concerned, uh, that is pretty much intact. So on both those counts, I would say uh, the future looks reasonably bright for Citrium, so mm. uh, long-term investors shouldn't have too much to worry about. Mm. Okay. And staying in Singapore, Mr. Kuo, uh, Singtel has agreed to sell all of its uh, equity interest in uh, cybersecurity arm called Trustway for an enterprise value of $205 million. US dollars. Anything stood out to you thus far? Well, uh, about time. You know, I think they've been talking about selling this uh, Trustway for uh, about two years now. So finally, they've been able to uh, offload this to somebody who can probably sort of do something better with it uh, mm. than uh, Singtel. Uh, let's not forget also that uh, this uh, subsidiary was loss-making. So yeah. I think as far as um, uh, Singtel is concerned, getting rid of a loss-making business will uh, help to boost its um, uh, balance sheet somewhat and also boost its uh, profit and loss accounts. Uh, but it's already written down the value of this this uh, asset. So uh, It'll allow Singtel to focus on uh, its main business, which is telecommunications, mm. and also focus on something far more important, which is uh, generating returns for shareholders. So uh, on both those counts, um, good news, I think, for Singtel shareholders. Mm. If you're just tuning in, we're now in conversation with David Kuo, co-founder of The Smart Investor. And Mr. Kuo, elsewhere, Alphabet's Google will begin to make its uh, Chromebook laptops in India. How should we read into the move and how far will that help Google navigate growing tensions between, of course, Washington and Beijing and also possible tariff measures on its Chromebooks, which is, uh, I believe, slightly on the cheaper side? Yeah, anecdotally, you know, Tian when you have when you have a look at this piece of news, mm. they're not the first company that seems to be shifting some of the manufacturing yeah. away from China into India. Mm. And is this going to be uh, something that we're going to see increasingly more of? Uh, I think there's a couple of issues here. The first one is that manufacturing cost in China is rising, whereas it is definitely cheaper to manufacture in India at the moment. So uh, if you are cost-conscious as a manufacturer, uh, then you would want to go somewhere where the labor cost is lower and where there is a uh, preponderance or a, uh, a huge amount of labor that is available. So that's number one. The second mm-hmm. one is political. And you begin to wonder, are, company, well, are we going to see more companies start doing that? 
are pulling out of um, China or shifting some of their manufacturing from China and moving to India and being attracted by this uh, Make in India um, uh, slogan that uh, is gaining popularity. And are some of these companies saying that, hey, you know, uh, we've probably seen the best of China, so uh, let's go over to India now, Mm -hmm. uh, where there is a huge underserved population and being able to manufacture uh, um, laptops or um, or computers in India and supplying this to uh, the people of India may actually sort of be the next leg as far as growth is concerned. So I I think we're going to be hearing a lot more of these kind of stories in the future, Tanjian. Hmm. And don't mind me asking, from the standpoint of Google, is that diversification helping its production and supply chains? You, you see, the supply chain issue is actually quite interesting because if you are a manufacturer of laptops and you've been doing it in China for a while, hmm. it's not just the assembly of the laptops itself, but all the other peripheral parts uh, that go into the manufacture. So yeah. all the way down to you know the nuts and bolts and the screws and things that you actually use, Uh, for manufacturing or assembling that computer is already in place. So moving a production from China to India is not really as straightforward as we think. And so uh, a lot of that supply chain needs to be put in place. And you have to uh, kind of ask, is that supply chain already in place at the moment? Are they Mm -hmm. able to get all the bits and pieces that they require? So maybe, you know, it is a transition period where they will still need to... uh, export some of the stuff from uh, China to India in order to make the final product. And I think this is the same, whether you're talking about laptops, whether you're talking about phones, whether you're talking about any kind of electronic equipment. But in this particular case, uh, I think it is a joint venture with Hewlett-Packard. And Mm. so uh, I think HP knows how to assemble things. And I think uh, a lot of manufacturing is done by another company called Flex. Mm. And so I think these companies know how to do things. And so, um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be interesting uh, just to see how quickly they can get the production up and running. Mm. And before we let you go, Mr. Kuo, here's another. Here we go all over again thing, uh, which is which has to do with U.S. Fed Chair Jerome Powell. He's set to speak tonight, followed by a number of Fed officials early tomorrow. What can we expect on this front? And do you expect the officials' comments to be consistent? Or are we expecting any contrasting comments? And if so, what is the road ahead for the U.S. economy, really? Well, even within the rate-setting committee, I mean, even within the FOMC, there, there, there are a divergent opinions and yeah. views about the direction of interest rates. But as far as Jerome Powell is concerned, Jay Powell, I don't think he's going to say an awful lot. I think he's going to keep on saying the same thing uh, that he's always been saying, uh, mm. I think, for the last, uh, what, year? Yeah. Interest rates are going to remain higher for longer. Yeah, and I think people accept that. And when you have a look at the inflation numbers in America, they're still on the higher side, although they are moving in the right direction. It's not moving fast enough for Jerome Powell. And so I think uh, we just have to accept the fact that Yes, we're going to hear higher for longer uh, for a long time to come yet. Uh, so don't expect too much from uh, Jerome Powell, except that uh, it'll, be, it, it'll be covered in the news. And yeah. uh, 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 as far as we're concerned, uh, as far as investors are concerned, just accept the fact that yeah, uh, the, the cost of borrowing is going to remain relatively high for quite some time. Hmm. All right. Thanks a lot, Mr. Kuo. That was David Kuo, co-founder, The Smart Investor. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Thank you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.